Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, I got engaged and some other stuff. Now, Lippy. That's a long round of applause. I like it. Yeah, yes, it's thirty-six <laughs> seconds worth. I've just spotted, which is a bit on the long side. Congratulations! That's uh, that's superb news, and I am quite relieved because I've known for four weeks. Yeah, you have known for a good good amount of time. <laughs> and I've had to put up with some quite tricky interrogation from wife mm-hmm. of Grumpy. So yes. I'm pleased it's all out in the open. And what a ridiculous custom that is! It's mad, isn't it? It is, really. I mean, I appreciate the the asking. The gentlemanliness of it. Yeah, but they have to keep a secret. Yeah. Yes. And then the why didn't you tell me conversation. (laughs) Yes. Well, you were instructed instructed not to tell. uh, Yes, yes, for good reason. Because you can't keep a secret. (laughs) Well, allegedly that's not the case, but I, I... I'm not going to discuss the matter any further. <laughs> it's done now. So, tell us all. I might, I might well up because I do. Every time I start talking about it, I get a bit emotional. <laughs> oh, good grief! My heart of stone is melting. Um, so we went to Edinburgh for uh, Chris's birthday weekend. Well, it was meant to be Chris's birthday weekend, and got up stupidly early on Friday. Got a flight, landed, got to our hotel. Thankfully, um, could check in early. We checked in at like 10 a.m., which was really good. Um, like dropped all our bags off. And then Chris kept saying he really wanted to do this walk up Arthur's seat, which is quite a famous bit in Edinburgh. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that should have been my first clue. Chris hates walking. Yes, that is a bit of a giveaway, isn't it? I should have, I should have clocked at that point, but I didn't. Um, so I put our bags down and off we went, walking, walked like around the palace to get there. And walking around the palace, there's so many police everywhere. And I was like, something's going, like something's happening. If there's this many police, there's something going on. And they're all stood in a big square on the green. And then there was a cross on the grass. And I was like, there's a helicopter. So obviously somebody important was arriving. So we start doing the walk and we kind of walk away from it. But you circle around, you can look over it. We did decide not to do the actual walk and to do the shorter one just to get the view because neither of us really like walking that much, but the view was meant to be really good. So we start walking up the hill. Uh, Me being me, stopping every two minutes to see what's happening with the helicopter and all the policemen on the field, obviously having absolutely no clue as to what's going on. And like every few minutes after I'd stopped, Chris goes, okay, let's, do you want to just walk a bit? Should we just do a little bit more, like go a little bit higher? And then we got to a point and I was like, oh, the view here is great. Like, let's just look at the view for a while and then go back down. He's like, can we just go like the other side of that bush maybe? And I was like, weird, <laughs> but yeah, whatever. Let's go to the other side of the bush. So we the other side of the bush. I'd like walked out towards the edge and was just looking at the view and thought Chris was getting the water out of the bag because he was behind me. 
And then I was like, well, he's taking a really long time to get the water out of the bag. And yeah, turned around and he was on one knee Aww, with a ring sweet. in his hand. With a very yeah. nice ring too. Which a very you, nice ring. Every photograph you sent us <laughs> featured the <laughs> ring did. somewhere it did. in it quite prominently. Yes. And I assume you said yes at that point. I Well, <laughs> not straight away. I said, um, is this real? And then I said yes, because I for some reason thought it was a joke to start with but no yeah i did i did say yes that's fantastic and planning is in well full flow uh basically planned let's be honest i'm i'm an ex-wedding planner i'm pretty sure i've picked my venue i just we're going to see it next weekend (laughs) excellent if it's the one wife of grampy showed me earlier it looks superb it yes that's the only one i've showed her so yeah it is that one that one yeah um we've picked our band Oh. Yeah. Three piece folk indie band. Oh, nice. Yeah. A drummer, a guitarist. And I think the one we picked was a celloist as well. Oh, gosh. That's an interesting mix. Yeah. It's not, might not be a cello. What's the other one? The big double thing. Double bass. Double, double bass. bass. It'll be a double ah, bass. That makes more ooh, sense. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got a florist. That's an old friend, though. That was easy. I had the florist basically ever since I met her. <laughs> Yeah, so pretty much planned. Excellent. We did go for a fabulous dinner as well. If anyone ever goes to Edinburgh, it's called The Lookout, and it's on top of a hill, um, and it's all glass-walled, so you can see out all over Edinburgh. And it's a tasting menu, which Chris didn't realise when he booked it. Love a tasting menu. Um, Tried some rogue stuff, to be honest. We had uh, a crab tart to start with, which obviously isn't that rogue. It's quite nice. Then we had beef tartare. And I have such mixed feelings about beef tartare. Yes, yeah. Beef tartare. Like, I, the flavour was lovely, but I only had about two mouthfuls and then I was done. I just couldn't. Uh-huh. Couldn't. Um, then we had a really nice fish. And Chris hates fish. And it was his favourite one of all the dishes we had. It was so well cooked. And it was hake, so it doesn't really taste like fish. It tastes of whatever you cook it with. But yeah. it was banging. And then they gave us some free champagne and a little cake at the end. Oh, how nice. Very good. I was just thinking about the spot where Chris proposed. We ought to try and locate that on Google Maps. It's really easy to find, actually. I've already done it. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll, yeah. maybe we'll stick a picture of that on. And um, because on obviously Arthur's seat's quite famous, we managed to get a print of it and oh, nice. you can see exactly where we would have been on the print. Would have been. <laughs> well, so, where, where we were. Where you were. Where we were. <laughs> okay. Yes. Right. Well, sorry, yeah, where we were on the thing. So we're going to get it framed and then nice. do a little arrow down to it and put we were here. Oh, yeah. that's, so, that's so nice. That's good. Oh, well, I, I'm really pleased for both of you. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, you're a good couple together. Well, as one of the cards we got today says, you two weirdos are perfect for each other. Yes, yes, there is a thing going around the internet when you find uh, your weirdo, hang mm. on to them. Yes. <laughs> Talking of steak tartare, which we weren't really, but we did a bit. Yeah. Uh, the first trip abroad I ever had uh, was on a business trip to Amsterdam uh, to go to a company called Bull. Mm. who made mainframe computers at the time. And I went with my mate, Keith. Um, we got to the airport, and I'd never flown before. Uh, so I didn't know what happened at the airports, really. And he, Keith was rather 
disorganized let's put it that way mm. so first of all we got us in the queue for the uh, internal flights and we got to the front of that showed us showed the ticket and they went oh no you're in the wrong queue and the queue for international was was enormous and there's mm. no way we would have caught the flight so i said to him right follow me so i just stormed to the front of the queue and barged in which is very unlike me. That's very nice. un-British of you. Very un-British, but I was beginning to get a bit stressed at this point, having not been on a plane. So anyway, yeah, so we arrive in Amsterdam, and um, we go to the canteen. It's a fabulous canteen there. And the guy we were with, who was Dutch, so he's pulling various plates off the um, flaps and what have you onto the tree. Mm. So Keith does the same, he pulls the same one off and we sit down and he started to eat it. And you know when people get a look when they're not quite sure what they're eating? Yeah. That's the look. So he says, so what's, what's in here? And he went, oh, something or other, um, which we didn't understand. So Keith carried on eating. He said, yeah, but what is it? He said, oh, no, it's, it's raw steak. At which point the colour just drained from his mm. face. Unfortunately, I hadn't picked that one because it did look like raw steak. There's yeah. two ways about it. But, uh, it yeah, looks like mince, doesn't it? It does look like mince. Yeah, it's very mm. red mince. But, uh, yeah, not one for me. But uh, And I think Mr. Bean had a bit of trouble with that as well in one of his yes, yes episodes. So, yes, definitely, definitely avoid it. But a little bit would be interesting to try. Yeah, I tried it. I definitely was of the mindset that you have to try everything of a tasting menu. Yes, I realised exactly. afterwards I actually was allowed to swap things out if I wanted to, uh, but they hadn't quite said that. So Interesting. Also on that Amsterdam trip, we went to an Indonesian restaurant and they have a thing mm. called a Max Tafel, and that's a bit like a tasting menu. So you'd have mm. a little bowl come out with just two things in it. So if it was um, sweet and sour pork bowl type things, there'd just be two little ones in there. And you have yeah. loads and loads of these, and it was it was brilliant. Mm. Uh, I've not ever seen it in the UK. I'm sure I enjoy exists, eating but. like that because I don't get food envy then. No, absolutely. Well, it's a bit like Chris Evans always says, when you go for a curry, curry takeaway, actually what you want is two halves of a curry. Yes. Not one curry, you want two half-sized Two mini curries. Right. Two mini curries, yeah. Anyway, we had a bit of feedback last week from the Screaming Tomato down under, uh, talking about your going through the park story. <laughs> yes. And he said, listening to the park story, I picked up a hitchhiker once pouring buckets. I assume it was raining a lot rather than the hitchhiker hit, pouring yeah. buckets. But uh, yes. After a little while, he says, aren't you afraid of picking up a hitchhiker that might be a serial killer? The best response was, not at all. What are the chances of there being two of us together in one car? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I, I, that is exactly the sort of thing he would say. So uh, I wonder if, as the hitchhiker, you would want to get out of the car pretty quickly, or if you would take just, it as a joke. You probably want to jettison yourself from the car, but mm. uh, I don't know what happened in the end. But I also, Friday night, actually went up to London for the first time in two years. I uh, had some drinks with some ex-colleagues, people that moved, moved on. And uh, we have a lot of listeners out there. Yeah. Yes, there was a lot of love for the podcast. And uh, one person said, oh, I like listening. I don't always understand what you're talking about, but I just like listening. Neither so, do we, to be honest. I haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue. One, and, and then another gentleman said, is it loppy and grumpy? <laughs> I'm a bit lop, loppy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh. not, not too far from the truth. But I am getting very old because it was far too noisy in that pub for me. Mm. I, I couldn't hear properly and it was um, all a bit bit much really uh 
almost 60. So. Quite a way away yet. It's a good, good few years. Uh, we had a bit of an incident during the week with a plastic chopping board and a very hot hob. I've seen. Yes. The disaster of which yes. that was. Yes, it was uh, filled the downstairs up with quite unpleasant smoke. It was, mm. uh, wasn't very pleasant at all. I managed to retrieve the chopping board from the bin and took a photo of it. So I should yes. post that on, on Instagram. If it's running, of course, after last night's mega outage at I know. Facebook. It was weird. I Because obviously it was Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp not working because mm. they're all owned by same people. I didn't know what to do with myself. No, there are other WhatsApp replacements, I think Signal and Telegraph, which are probably worth signing up for. Mm. And because they're they're not well, they're open source, I don't know how they make their money, but um they're pretty much as, as good really, just not as much coverage in terms of people using them. But uh turns out the Facebook issue seems to be a bit of networking that tells you how to get to a particular server the most uh the shortest route if you see what i mean so if you think oh, of, i see I, I mean, the word web is quite uh, quite a good word to describe it so you can get from one place to another by a variety of routes and that was always part of the original internet or intranet um arpnet as it was in the 50s uh, so there was resilience because it was a military project uh, but there is an optimum route and this file tells you how to do that and somehow that got lost so yeah yes it's a bit like saying well i know where to go but my MacBook is completely empty so i can't get there Uh, but it just proves my theory that actually the internet is not fit for use as a (laughs) as a system it's it doesn't work (laughs) no well it does work but there is some points where there's a single point of failure um, mm. as we've had a couple of examples over the, the last year where that's happened and it's it's to do with the networking but i think we're too far down the line now microsoft in the 90s wanted to use something else so they ignored the internet before doing a massive u-turn but um i think they were probably right but we are where we too are late now. now too yeah. late now yes anyway that's enough technical talking so back to the chopping board uh, so we had stuck to it a metal spatula and a fork. Yes. And I managed to get the spatula off. Uh, the fork was stuck, but that has now come loose. I'm, I'm pleased to say. But the, the mess on the hob was fairly unpleasant. Good old scraper got all that off. But it took a good, um, I, probably a good day for the smell to go, I think. Yeah, p- burning plastic really yeah. is very pungent. Yeah, the smoke was awful. I mean, you... Mm. Can't imagine having to deal with a fire with plastic. Very polluting. Very, yeah, not very nice at all. We talked briefly about petrol shortage last week. And uh, I came across an article in the Suffolk Gazette where it was suggesting that a fuel thief had siphoned from a camper van or motorhome and he got into the toilet instead of the fuel tank. Oh, (laughs) I think we've covered this story before on here some some while back. Um, I was thinking about it just now, and that's very difficult to do in this country. I mean, I know the big American RVs tend to have a tank that you have to pump out, but all of the camper vans I've seen in this country have a cassette that you take out with all the um, products in it that you then go and empty somewhere else. So it's not just a pipe. 
No, you wouldn't accidentally put a pipe in there. That would actually be quite tricky. Um, and generally, they're locked behind the door as well. So I have a feeling it's a bit of a spoof article, but it did make me go, oh. Fair. Yeah, it serves anyone right who was uh, yeah, absolutely. trying to siphon fuel. Oh, Christ. I mean, siphoning fuel is bad enough, let alone a toilet. <laughs> I, I've tried to do it on a more modern car, and it's almost impossible because there's all sorts of baffles and things. So you can't actually get the pipe in there very mm. easily. But I've done it when I was a, a lab with cars, and you almost always end up with a bit of petrol in your mouth. Disgusting. Talking of which, uh, I did something monumentally stupid last week. So, have a. Did a you? Just, yes, I just did. Just the one thing? Just the one that I'm going to admit to. <laughs> but we had a, there was a mini day at Brooklands, which had been postponed from its normal March date. And I nipped out on Thursday to top the tank up. Um, because the problem with the Mini is, is the petrol gauge doesn't work particularly well. The most it will go up to is half full. Mm. Uh, so we tend to do about 200 miles be- between fill-ups, and, and we're pretty much okay. So I got in the car, drove down there, got to the back of the queue, uh, which is quite a small queue, and it was showing about half full. By the time I got to the front of the queue, it decided to go down to almost empty. So how much was in there is a bit of a mystery, really. Uh, <laughs> There's a maximum of 35 quid, and I, I drove in there. I only got £27 worth in there. So I did feel a bit stupid going in, because it looks like you've just stopped and topped up, whereas yeah. actually I don't think I've put much more than 30 quid in there when it's been on fumes. So yeah, there was only a little bit in there. Anyway, so I got back, and I, I've had this fuel stabiliser for a while to put in there so that if we don't use it over the winter, the fuel doesn't go off so much. So I tipped it in there, and there's a bit of a bowl where the petrol nozzle goes. And there's a flap that you sort of push open with the, the nozzle of the petrol. Yeah. So I put this stuff in there, and it's sitting in this bowl. Oh, that's a bit annoying. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll get a stick, and I'll open the flap, and then I'll blow, and the stuff will go into the tank. Brilliant idea. Yeah. That, no. mm. Yeah, I thought it was a brilliant idea. Mm. So <laughs> I open the flap, and I give it a little blow. And there's still some in there. So I gave a much bigger blow. And the next thing I know, this stuff has blown back. And it's in my mouth. It's all over my face. It's on my jumper. And it's splattered along the side of the car as well. And there could only have been a tablespoon in there. There was not very much in there. And it was was really... It went everywhere. It went everywhere, literally. And it was slippery and stinky and horrible. So I had um, a very strong cup of tea. And that sort of got rid of the taste but mm. um, it took a while for the smell to go and I the, I soaked my jumper and it went through the washing machine and I got it out yesterday and I thought mm, I'm sure I can still smell it yeah so. it'll be all stuck in your nose a bit as well absolutely yeah yeah it gets stuck everywhere but um, yeah so top tip if you're putting fuel stabilizer in don't don't blow, blow it, it. <laughs> just don't blow it leading on to Brooklyn's day which was a really great day. I mean, the weather was stunning after Saturday, where it was just torrential rain and, and winds. It um, it was very nice. It was very hot at, at one point. And uh, unfortunately, there was not so many people there because people can't get fuel or couldn't yeah. get fuel in, in the southeast. It was very difficult. 
So it was a little down on numbers, but it was quite nice because it wasn't then overly busy. So mm. we bumped into a few people we knew. Um, but being a club member there, you get to use the members bar, which is very nice. Just Ooh. look out over the hoi polloi down there. Watch everyone. Yeah, just watch everybody go by. So it was a very, very pleasant day. And just as we left, there seemed to be a lot of people leaving. It was about two o'clock. And there's some dark clouds coming in. And I heard somebody mm. say, oh, well, it's either going to rain and people are leaving before it rains or somebody's found there's a petrol station open. Yeah, <laughs> rush to it. Rush to it. So, yeah, so we got caught in a bit of a deluge, but um, yeah. not too bad. So that was a very pleasant day, but not as pleasant as your weekend. No. My, um, my weekend was just a bit of a whirlwind, to be fair. Mm. I don't really, it all kind of was just very floaty and magical. Yes, well, what may it continue? Yeah, I walked down the hill with my hand out in front of me like I'd broken it because <laughs> I didn't know what to do with it. And Chris was like, just walk like a normal person. And I was like, but but what, I don't know what to do with my hand. <laughs> to the point where a, a lady walking past turned to her boyfriend and went, well, they just got engaged. <laughs> yes, very good. <laughs> very good indeed. Oh, but also, it turns out, it was a helicopter landing yes. on the field, and they were quite an important person. I think it was the Queen's helicopter. Really? Well, it's the, it was the Royal Helicopter, but I, it might not have been the Queen, but it was definitely the Royal Helicopter. Oh, okay. Well, I um, but I'd completely, I'd completely forgotten about all of that, because I was more interested in what just happened to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I should hope so too. <laughs> yeah. Now, talking of Edinburgh, one of the things on my list of things I would like to do is the Edinburgh Fringe one year. Yes, I tried. But obviously by the time I was moving, it was all fully booked. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm. And it's all been a bit odd this year in terms of things moving and not being very predictable. But I was, as you know, we're looking at doing a special episode about the film Jaws. Yes. And uh, to say I've become a bit obsessed is an understatement. It is very much an understatement. It's very much. Um, and I found there's a show called The Shark is Broken, uh, which is a play, uh, which is basically the three main characters. So Quint, Brody, and Hooper. And it's the scene where they're in the boat together. Mm. So the, the infamous um, scar comparisons. Yes. And talking about the Indianapolis, which is an amazing speech, best part of the film in my view. Anyway, so the 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 play is about the three actors rather than the characters and their interaction while they're waiting for the shark to work properly. And I was looking up. Apparently, it took 150 hours to get that shark working, and it's only on screen for four minutes. So. And they, they basically had filmed everything that didn't involve the shark. So they just had these bits left. So it's mm. the interaction between them. And the guy that plays Quint, who was the fisherman, uh, was played by Robert Shaw in the film, is actually played by his son in this. Ooh, and he is the spitting cool. image of him. Yeah, it is really cool, actually. And they're very, very good likenesses to the to the original cast. So I say that started at the Fringe, and it's, it's in London, uh, starting in a few days. Um, I think uh, I'd actually quite like to see that. Oh, would you? Oh, well, I was going to go mm. with Wife of Grumpy, so maybe we could do it together. But it'll have to be a matinee because I need to be you... in bed by nine. Oh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> do a matinee. You can take me and my fiance if you want. Oh, very good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that immensely. It's had really good reviews, and that's the sort of thing I would have loved to have seen at the Fringe. That would have been mm. super. Yeah. I, the thing that I find tricky with that sort of thing is knowing what to see. There's so much. I also, um, my fiance has been before. <laughs> and he, <laughs> I keep doing that, sorry. Um, and he loved it, but he did say, you're like walking to some bits and it, it will be bad. And then it's hard to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously it's all people like trying new like material and stuff before they go on tour and lots of yeah unknown comedians. But that's that's the great thing. And that's the thing mm-hmm. I loved about uh, Guildfest as opposed to Wayfest is there's lots and lots of different tents there. So yeah. you'll go and see somebody very, very famous on the main stage, but you go and have a wander around and you go into a tent and there's four young lads who uh, are just oozing ambition and cockiness yeah trying to try playing without the amp switched on and stuff like that which is mm. just hilarious but it's it's good to see lots of different things and, and that's the attraction for the fringe is that you'll see somebody that in 10 years time might be phenomenally famous or, yeah. or just funny at the time now one of the programs i quite like on the telly but i haven't actually seen for quite a while is sunday brunch oh i've is- watched that in edinburgh yeah, it's been on for years and years. It used to be something for the weekend, I think. When it was we used to watch it basically every Sunday. Yeah. It used to be on in the background while we were pop- yes, pottering around absolutely. at home. Sorry, yeah. at your house. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the new things it has on there is called the Crumgeon, which is where you put biscuits you don't like. So they have the, the guests come on and they choose their least favorite biscuit and then mm. most favorite biscuit because we're positive we're not going to do least favorite we're only going to do most favorite yeah and it's interesting to see the mix so you know you go that one person's favorite will be another person's least favorite so mm. there's no right or wrong answer here no at all so let's go for favorite biscuit i think my all-time favorite is a chocolate hobnob yeah i'm with you there I really love an oaty biscuit and chocolate. (laughs) Yeah. I see. I've always liked a bourbon back in the Mm. days where the selection was much more limited. Yeah. And I got a certain thing for those pink wafers as well. Yes, I do like a pink wafer. And a Garibaldi. Oh, Garibaldi. Or Pick'em and Flick'em. Pick'em and Flick'em. Yes, Mm. my mum used to say. We're talking old school biscuits. I would probably pick a Garibaldi. Yeah. Yeah, something they're not too sweet, are they? No. But my second favourite would be a ginger nut. I quite like a ginger nut. I find them a bit too hard for my ageing teeth. Well, then this is what you need to try. I've literally got a packet right next to me. Oh, okay. They are limited edition and they are Christmas, so you won't have them until December. It's October. Excuse the rustling. It's a McVitie's Digestive gingerbread flavoured. Oh, I quite like the idea of that. So, yeah. the. The biscuits, it's a ginger biscuit, but a soft ginger biscuit because mm. it's digestive yeah. with milk chocolate. That's very Banging. good. I like that. Yes, mm. absolutely. But it is a, a definite Christmas biscuit. Yeah. Well, it's not. It just says limited edition. Oh, no, it's seasonal edition. I guess that's kind of Yeah. Christmas. And there's some snow on it, but there's no like Santa Claus on it. Maybe you could stock up for the year. Mind it's you, they not as bad last, as uh, No, it's not as bad as this. The other ones that I bought, which was, that's very Christmassy. Oh, it's snowy a, finger. A snowy finger. <laughs> yes. 
which is sure about that. A, a chocolate finger, but it's half milk chocolate, half white chocolate. Okay. So it looks like a layer of snow on top of the milk chocolate oh, finger. That's quite nice. That's quite nice. Now, what about dunking? A dunking. I like a rich tea. I think you can boring. dunk any biscuit, to be honest. You can dunk any biscuit. I like a rich tea. I also like those nice biscuits. Yes. Because mm, they're kind of shortbready with sugar and... Yes, they are. They're, they're slightly mm. odd again. It's a bit like the pink wafer. They tend to be left to last, but actually, they, yeah. they're quite nice. I was introduced by the uh, clerk of our local parish council to what she called moo biscuits, which are malted milk. <gasps> I love a moo biscuit. Cow but biscuits. If yeah, if you leave them in the sun, so they get really hot. So she, she gave me a packet of these things, and I had them in the car. And they mm. got really, really hot. And I mm. ate one and I sat in a traffic jam. And it was lovely. It's much they go nicer all melty. hot. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I forgot about those. I like a good cow biscuit. Now, Wren Kitchens, mm. not that we're being um, paid to uh, to mention their name, has got uh, an interesting table of different biscuits and their breaking point with dunking. Ooh. Uh, so they've got a breaking point and a recommended dunking time. So the breaking point is the biscuit was dunked halfway into a freshly brewed cup of tea mm. and held in place until it broke. Okay, so Ooh, no, yep. no stirring or swishing around. No Just hold it until it broke. Yeah. Shaking the excess off. So the best biscuit in terms of with the longest breaking point was a bourbon. How long do you think it took to break? 10 seconds. Oh, no. Two minutes, 39 seconds. That's a long time to be dunking your biscuit. It is a long time, but their recommended dunking time, or RDT, is a mere seven seconds. Ah. So I would imagine somehow the cream held it together. Yes, yeah, rather than it. So the biscuit was probably quite soggy after the two minutes. Mm. But it's a whole minute and 20 seconds longer than the next one, which is shortbread, which is can be quite thick if it's a thick mm. finger of it. And the shortest one is a hobnob at 15 seconds. That doesn't surprise me because it's quite holy. Yes, it's quite a soft got, biscuit, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, malted milk, 20 seconds. Fig roll, which is quite nice. Quite like Love a fig, fig roll. roll as well. I wouldn't say yeah. that was a biscuit, though. Uh, there's some definition of biscuits and cakes, isn't there? Which I mm. don't know. It's like a Jaffa cake. Oh, there was a whole case over there, wasn't there, with VAT. Mm. Um, fig rolls, 38 seconds. I love fig roll. That's quite a useful little resource, that, actually. Tell you what, I'm going to have a biscuit table at my wedding. Oh, that's a I good idea. I love a biscuit. Oh, I hear you're not having a traditional cake. No, we're not. We're, neither of us really like cake. Well, probably, well, like, I do love cake. That's a lie. I do love cake. Mm. But no one really eats a wedding cake. And oh, I did a whole wedding cake in one sitting. I love wedding cake. <laughs> Well, we are going to get cutting cake to be served, but that's not what we're going to have displayed. We're going to have a tiered uh, cheese stack. Oh, that is just genius. So, it's, and then that will get served in the evening, but oh. it's going to be a big stack of cheese. So is it different cheeses or is yeah, it? Different yes, cheeses. Different cheeses. That is so, cool. yeah. We just yeah. have to be careful. I've looked at some things online and it just says, if you, if Bree's one of your bigger one, put a metal plate between that and the next one mm. and it will yeah. sit better. Well, Brie can go, when it gets warm, it gets, can get quite squidgy, can't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, super. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that already. Cheese, cheese stack. So after a weekend of weekends, do you have a top tip? It's not a very good top tip, to be honest. That's not unusual, is it? My top tip for this week is to get married. (laughs) Can you get to plan a wedding? You get to smile a lot as well, which is quite nice. And it's very exciting. And lots of people congratulate you. It's lovely. It's great. It's a great feeling. (laughs) Excellent. Well, same again next weekend then. (laughs) Well, I've got an automotive fact of the day which is uh, not oh, unusual no back in the early days of motoring roads were often unpaved and muddy which doesn't sound too different to today to be honest no and the mud would get caked on the underside of the car and the wheels remembering that some of the wheels were wooden and you know it's all yeah. very, <clears throat> very different but a spin in a nifty auto wash bowl took care of that. So this is an American thing. I don't think we had it in the UK. So customers were paid 25 cents to a, an attendant who strapped a protective rubber cover on the radiator. Mm-hmm. And then the drivers would enter the bowl via a ramp and then drive round and round the bowl at about 10 miles an hour. And the concrete underneath was ridged so it would shake the car. So the, wa- the wheels would splash the water up and the vibrations would shake the mud off. So it would then just mm. fall into the water, which would take about three or four minutes. Very interesting. Didn't last very long, though. It was only no? around for a short period before they worked out. You could have, probably use a hose. Yeah, just your um, hand. Yeah, just a hand. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but it's quite. It makes for an interesting picture, and there's a, there's a whole patent behind it as well for the the bowl and the concrete and what have you. So yeah. I shall post that on the gram, as they Swanky. say, and other socials. <laughs> That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.